The day before I launched, I cried in my bedroom and I said to Ryan, my husband, if I reach this goal during Corona, this is going to be even more powerful because what are the chances? People are losing their jobs right now. How am I going to rate? This is like the worst time to be launching. You're listening to episode number 78 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays. And today's episode is an interview with my friend Dee Silky, who's also a fashion designer. She's been a guest on the podcast a few times before, specifically in episodes number 31, where we talked about money and religion, and episode number 57 during the fashion sustainability series in Fashion Week, where we talked all about her opinions around what sustainability in fashion actually means as a Canadian fashion designer. In today's episode, Dee and I talk about her newest project, The Money Coat. What is it? How did she come up with the idea? We also talk about the shift to support small businesses and local designers during COVID and why we need more creatives putting out positive, entertaining content during this time. to have you back on the podcast. I was saying to you before we got on this call that I really selfishly just wanted to talk to you and catch up because it's been a while. Um, and now we get to double it as content for the podcast. So I'm really excited to hear about everything that you're working on. And I want to jump in by starting with the money coat. So maybe if you could start off by just telling the listeners where you got the idea from, what the money coat actually is, and then the progress that you had with it. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on again. This is my third time on the Self-Care Sunday Mm -hmm. podcast. I always love chatting with you on and off the air. So the money coat actually, I mean, it came to me very quickly, but in other ways, it sort of took years to come up with the idea. So You and I have been working together on and off for probably four years now. And as you know, I've tried so many different business models and products while trying to figure out who I am as an artist and who I am as a creative entrepreneur. And I launched the Kindness Boxers. I've done silk scarves. I did a silk line that was, it's a ready to wear line that I had manufactured in Canada And I learned so much from each of these experiences, but none of them felt truly authentic to who I was as an artist. And um, I guess probably over the last year or so, I gave up trying to be what I thought was expected of me and what I thought I needed to do and create in order to be successful. And I just thought, I'm just going to do me and make what I want to make. And so I started making these really elaborate, like, I want to say couture pieces that were made out of leftover scraps of fabric. And that sort of evolved into playing with different concepts and making pieces of wearable art. And you know me, like I am such an open book and I love just going down the rabbit hole and really in terms of like finding truth and justice and the true story behind things and what's behind all the smoke and mirrors. And I've been really struggling with the fashion industry in Canada and just, I don't understand like how to do it really. It's just, it's so like, if that makes any sense, does that make sense? I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah. Off of the podcast, but I think that's a really, 
actually, we did have a podcast interview about fashion sustainability, quote unquote, sustainability. Yeah. Um, back in September ish around fashion week. And I think we might have talked a little bit about the struggles of being a fashion designer in Canada and trying to produce locally and trying to manufacture locally. And do people, are people even willing to pay for that? And what are the realities of designers? Um, but obviously it's been, you know, months since then. So I'm sure you would have experienced even more and learned even more since that conversation. And I think one thing that both of us have just talked about in the past is like, how are people making money? Like, is it that a lot of designers are actually making money or is the reality that a lot of designers and small businesses are just so far in debt trying to make this dream a reality and nobody likes to talk about it because money is such a taboo subject. Exactly. And I think we even talked about that briefly in our very first podcast episode is like, it's so hard to tell what's actually going on behind the scenes when it comes to money, because it is such a taboo subject. Um, And so what I've learned just being immersed in the industry is that a lot of people are in debt. And I strive to be very self-sufficient and I don't like being in debt but as a result sometimes I almost wonder if that's like a bad thing and if I should be taking more risks and believing in myself more and like being in debt short term for long-term gain but anyways that's like a whole other tangent but to kind of bring it back one of the struggles that Canadian fashion designers have is that we do not receive funding from the government. And I feel kind of awkward talking about that right now where the government has just released <laughs> like billions of dollars to Canadians while we're going through coronavirus. Um, so I don't want to like SHIT all over the government. But basically what one of our problems as designers, one of the problems that we have is that we're not considered artists. So there's funding available for visual artists, and then there's funding available for small business owners. But as fashion designers, you don't really qualify for either because we're not considered art. And then when we're applying for small businesses, a lot of those grants and scholarships and what have you go towards like tech startups or even cannabis startups, but no one's really going to invest Um, Well, that's not true. People do invest in fashion, but it's just, it's a lot harder for us. So we don't get that government funding. Um, And then what you and I talked about in our sustainability podcast episode was that fashion designers are competing against fast fashion brands. So we're kind of like racing to the bottom in order to get our clothing cheaper, which ends up being unethical. So if you, if you fight that and you have things made ethically, your price points are higher and consumers just aren't ready for that. Although I will say during coronavirus um, or COVID-19, like I have experienced a surge in my business, thankfully. Mm. And I think a lot of other businesses are as well, because it's like the world has woken up and realized like, Hey, we need to support small businesses and local businesses And why am I spending money on something that like, I don't even know these people when I can support someone who I know and have a relationship with or who I maybe have never met before, but I follow them on Instagram every single day. And I know that they make something that's amazing. Why am I not supporting them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That is like an unexpected shift to all of this. And I've been thinking a lot about how coronavirus has been impacting the economy and man, that could be a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I really hope is that people's habits that are shifting now 
stay this way. Our buying habits, for example, um, how you just mentioned people are more willing to support local, whether that's local restaurants, local designers, and are more conscious about where they're putting their money. And I really hope that after this whole pandemic ends, there's still that same uh, kind of support for small businesses. And, and it's not just like a flash in the pan trend because of everything that's happening that just like goes back to normal after everything. I really, and I think that it will, you know, sustain after this because the economy will be fully looking so shifted and so different than it was before we entered into all of this. I can't speak for other industries, but the fashion industry is definitely going to be changing and reinventing itself after all this. And I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that it's going to be for the best. We just cannot sustain this fast pace, high turnover, constantly pumping out garments for pennies model. And I think that this is going to really wake people up and especially where sustainability has been such a hot topic the past year or two leading up to this. I think it's sort of already laid out the groundwork and then this is just like the catapult. I definitely think that we're going to see a shift and it's not just going to be people. um, I I think it's going to, I think the change is going to be here to stay and not just because people get in the habit during this, uh, this COVID-19, but because industry standards are going to change, which is really Mm. positive. Okay, so all of this and then tying back to the money coat. Yeah. So this kind of sparked the idea for the money coat and like how did that physically manifest into the money coat and not into something else? Yeah, great question. So I guess in the summertime um, of 2019, I was really wrestling with all of this and frustrated with all of this and I thought, how am I going to survive in this industry? And how am I going to really make this a thriving business? And I listen to all kinds of business podcasts and read business books. One of my favorite is the Creative Pep Talk podcast with Andy J. Pizza. Um, I think a lot of your listeners who are creatives would enjoy that podcast. One of the things that I always hear time and time again is your product has to solve a problem. Like, why are people going to give you their hard-earned money just because you made something? Like, people don't give a crap if you made something or not unless it does something for them, whether it sparks an emotion, whether they um, think it's going to improve their life, whatever that is, there has to be something on top of your product that makes people actually give away their money to you. So I thought, what is it about me and my clothing that, is solving a problem. And I find that really hard when it comes to fashion, especially right now. I mean, fashion isn't necessarily saving lives. I'm not a doctor here. I'm not a lawyer. What what value do I add? And I started to percolate on that a little bit and really go down the rabbit hole. And I thought, okay, well, a coat, that serves a problem. It keeps you warm in the wintertime. And as Canadians, like that's a problem that all of us have. And we have that for the majority of the year. Um, out of the calendar year, there, there's like I don't, at least six months that you're wearing a coat of some kind. And so what can I do to make my coat different? Well, there's brands like Canada Goose and Macage who make these, these great coats that are super warm, but they're not necessarily the most fashion forward or fun. And really, when I look at what's on the market, winter coats are pretty much just red, black, navy, forest green, white. Like there's nothing fun, nothing super colorful. 
oh my gosh, what if I made like this super fashion forward coat that's full of life, full of color, has great design behind it and keeps you warm. There's nothing really like that. And what, and you know, we're wearing coats every single day for months at a time. Don't you want your coat to be in an outfit in itself? And you can put it on and feel amazing going outside or going to a ritzy event because your coat in itself is like as fabulous as a designer dress. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? So I started thinking about that. And then I went to the Shangri-La Hotel, which those of you who don't know, it's a very like ritzy, bougie hotel. There's a pianist in the lobby. You get like nuts and olives with a beer. Like it's like, and I'm probably the only person that goes to the Shang and buy a beer. Like everyone's drinking (laughs) wine and champagne and I'm like, give me a beer. Um, But it's just super fancy. And I went to have coffee with a friend of mine. And I was wearing uh, a Dylan Lex necklace and all black. And I walked into the, the washroom and I looked in the mirror and the lighting was dim and there was mirrors everywhere. And it really picked up um, my jewelry. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this looks amazing. <laughs> this looks so cool. Oh my gosh, like th- this, I should incorporate this Lux into the coat that I want to make. And then I went home and I was in bed and I was like, my mind was racing and I was thinking about all these struggles that I have a designer as a designer. And then the aesthetic of this like bougie, like opulent necklace catching the light and just kind of all came to me like, holy crap, I am going to stuff a winter coat with cash Because I want to show Canadians what it feels like to have their money wrapped up in inventory. Because I know myself personally, I have seven to ten thousand dollars of inventory just sitting in my living room, not moving. What if I just like take this super literally, just very like tongue in cheek, stuff a coat with cash? It's going to be see through, so you can see the money in it. It's going to be the most opulent, bougie, warm winter coat you've ever seen just so over the top maximalism boom so that's like the whole thought process behind it it's so you (laughs) (laughs) um okay so you came up with the idea for the money coat I love hearing the backstory um and then you had this idea and what happened next because now you're at the stage where you're actually making it right so like everything in between then to now when it's actually coming to fruition and it's been like a really short time for yeah. also. Like, let's talk about that for a second. When did you launch this idea? Um, so I had the idea really solidified in January, and then I launched it to the public uh, early March. And, and you launched like the Kickstarter, right? Yeah, and then the, the I, I like hard launched it um, and did a crowdfunding campaign March 17th. But it's interesting that you say like, oh, this coat is so you, because I feel like that too. I feel like out of everything I've done, This, every person has different parts of them. And I feel like this coat encapsulates all of the different parts of me. It's got that sense of humor, that tongue in cheek, LOL. uh, I'm going to take this just to the next level and just push the envelope and put cash inside a coat. The aesthetic is there. It's very like luxury street style. I mean, it's got that cool girl vibe, but it's still got that artisanal feel to it. It is handmade. And then it's got the whole conceptual piece and like that philosophical side of me and trying to show the world, like we matter too, designers matter too. And this is why, and we're worth investing in. Like if, if we just got a little bit of help, we could really 
bring a lot of money to the economy. We just need a little help here. So I was really teasing my audience about the money code. I wasn't telling them what it was going to be because I felt like this project was my baby and I didn't want to have any naysayers in my ear while I was still really coming to terms with the fact that, yes, I am going to do this. And then when I would just tell a couple of close friends my idea, they were giving me money. It wasn't even asking for the money yet. And people were like, here's a five, here's a 10. And I was like, I'm onto something. Like, I'm not even asking for money yet. And people are opening up their wallets. That's not an easy thing to do. Okay, this is, this is good. And then when I launched, I launched on uh, November 17th. And a friend of mine, who's also a designer, he was messaging me the night before. And he was like, D, I don't know, man. I think maybe you should hold off. I just don't want to see this flop for you. I know how important this is. This was like right at the beginning when the country went pretty much in lockdown. Like this was the the first week that we were all staying inside and we thought this was going to be a two-week thing and we were freaking out. Like we, I'm, I wish we were back in the days when I was freaking out thinking this was a two-week thing. I, I said, no, I get, I get your concerns and I don't want to be insensitive or naive to what's going on, but my gut is telling me to just do it. And that's a problem I have. I'm, I'm constantly second guessing myself, but with this money coat, I have not second guessed myself at all. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I originally wanted to do it on Kickstarter, but I, I didn't think that I fit the guidelines. So I literally ran this campaign through Instagram and just going on my stories and saying, Hey guys, this is what I'm creating. All I have, Keely, was a sketch. I hired uh, Sabina Fenn, who's an amazing um, illustrator. So she, she sketched my idea for me. That's all I had. And I said, this is what it's going to look like. This is why I'm doing this. Would love a donation. And um, because this is raising awareness, uh, of the problem that the that designers have of having their money wrapped up in inventory as a thank you for donating I will send you a piece of my old inventory that I have on hand and it'll be a way to get rid of that inventory within 4 days I raised my goal of $2500 damn I know and in 5 <laughs> in 5 days I had over 3000 it, it, just in donations. people like people like aren't even like I mean they're getting they're getting the old inventory but they're not getting a money coat they yeah. I people really donated not even necessarily because they wanted something they just actually liked the idea and wanted to support me and have I've built this relationship with people online I mean I show up every single day 365 days a year and I hop on my insta stories and I think people were like shit, I want to support this girl. And here's my opportunity. And I was like, couldn't even believe. And I, I, the day before I launched, I cried in my bedroom. And I said to Ryan, my husband, if I reach this goal during Corona, this is going to be even more powerful because what are the chances people are losing their jobs right now? How am I going to rate? This is like the worst time to be launching. And I'm just like looking at your Instagram again, like for anybody who's listening, because I think, so I have like a lot of successful people on the podcast and influencers and that sort of thing. But I want to like humanize you too, D. Like obviously you're successful with this project, but like you have 3,000 followers on Instagram mm. and you raised $3,000 mm-hmm. in what was it a week? Five, five days. In five days. So you don't need to be a huge influencer with like thousands and thousands of followers. You don't need to like have this big audience in order to launch something and monetize the following that you do have if you've like really 
carefully curated your community and like nurtured your community along the way. And like you said, like show up every single day. I just think it's such a cool story and like a story of hope and like an Mm -hmm. optimistic story right now where so many people are losing their jobs for you to still raise the money and still have something like positive and successful happening right now. I think it goes to show what we were talking about earlier in the episode, which is people want to support local. They want to support small businesses and people that they follow. And if you're somebody who's listening to the podcast right now and you feel like now is the worst time ever to launch something, it is not necessarily the worst time ever because people are at home and they're looking for value and they're looking to support people that they know and the community right now is really strong. So anyways, I just love that story. I think another reason why it was successful is because I, you actually posted an Instagram story at the very beginning saying like kind of a call to content creators and saying, look guys, we need to continue on either in a positive way and, and being really uplifting or continue on business as usual. The world does not need any more content right now that's like adding to the fear and anxiety and unknown. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to address it and acknowledge it. You don't want to be tone deaf. But at the same time, it's an easy trap to fall into as a content creator when like the rest of the world is talking about that. You feel like, oh, I I, I should be too. And this is like a huge like event. And like this only happens once in a hundred years. Like I need to be covering this and talking about it all the time. But like people need an escape. And so I made the decision to really talk about what was going on in the outside world as little as possible and really keep things positive. And people were messaging me thanking me for doing that. And every time I would get a donation, I would thank that person on my stories and do like a crazy, funny, terrible dance. And I'm actually a pretty good dancer. I used to be a cheerleader and I used to dance competitively, but I just do these like really fun, bad dances to crazy music. And people liked it. And it was just something to make them chuckle and take their mind off of things. And I think like bringing people joy in in a sense is like my value add. And that's part of my brand that people get when they are invested in the D Silky brand, or if they buy a piece of clothing in me, from me that they wouldn't get necessarily from another designer. Yeah, I think, yeah, such a good point. I mean, <laughs> I kind of, it's funny because I've been having a lot of ups and downs. I think everybody has with mm-hmm. the past few weeks. Like we're going on four weeks now, which is longer than a lot of people anticipated. Mm-hmm. And also just like does something to your mental health. I think you're right. Like we do need to be, doing more that's entertaining, that's inspiring, that's fun. So I think if you are a content creator, an artist, any like sort of creative person, a business, whatever, like what can you be doing that is going to help people escape and feel normal again and feel some sort of like positive energy because there's just like so much negativity and anxiety right now. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Self Care Sunday. You can find D at D Silky, D E E S I L K I E, on Instagram and basically every platform. You can also listen to her podcast, The Dose of D Podcast, everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider either leaving a rating or a review or donating to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash selfcaresunday. You can donate for as little as $3 a month, which basically helps contribute to my coffee fund, which fuels this podcast. 
And if you're looking for something cozy to lounge in while spending all of this time at home, check out my curated merch line, which is my version of merch, sustainable, thrifted pieces, some brand new, some like new, everything absolutely comfy and cozy to satisfy your self-care Sunday needs, selfcaresunday.co. Thank you guys so much and happy self-care Sunday, everyone.